pastor said to be done by 9.30, so uh, <laughs> I, I heard that uh, Brother Ryan preached uh, uh, 20 minutes, so uh, my wife promised 15. I hope that could be the case. Uh, uh, Miss Kayla offered her money for it. I don't know, but uh, we'll see how it goes. I, I'm just excited to be with you guys. Uh, I, I just want to remind you guys, please come by each of the missionaries' table and grab one of their prayer cards. Uh, I, I was told a long time ago that uh, when I first got saved and I uh, met my first group of missionaries, I, my, my pastor was a missionary, but uh, I didn't realize he was until he explained it to me. But then my first missionaries I had ever met outside of him, uh, I was given a prayer card and I was explained uh, to, to please pray for that missionary. Uh, and I, I, I agreed to it, uh, but then he explained to me that uh, missionaries go around and they raise financial support, and that's important. That's what gets you to the field, and that's, uh, that's obvious. That's what we're doing. That's what this week is about. And finances get us to the field, but prayer keeps us on the field. Please, please, it, first and foremost, pray for your pastor and his family. Pray for them. But if you pray for your pastor and you have extra time, pray for your missionary. It is very important. But the number one man you should be praying for is your pastor. you got a good pastor. I, I've known him since 2010, and it, he's been nothing but a blessing. And if I preach anything that's not biblical, it's because of him. Because uh, he, was my, he was my doctrine's one teacher, and uh, he also taught me Greek, but as... Uh, Ryan could contest, uh, there's none of that left in me, I don't remember it. Um, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 28, Matthew chapter 28, and we're going to be in a very familiar passage, and I, I, a missionary said it, actually a preacher said it the, a few months ago, that we'll be in a very familiar passage, and then he said, you know, if we just read our Bible, it'll all be familiar passages, and that kind of convicted me, you know, just, but this is a, a very, uh, 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 important passage that we read during a time like this a missions conference and you know often when we have conferences like this this is the uh the reset for a new year of missions every year we restart we reestablish, we uh we get uh re uh recharged for a next season of missions i have a friend who's in the nfl and uh he told me that uh, we grew up together and he uh we played sports together growing up and he told me that even in the NFL, it's exactly like when we were kids, that before every season, uh, you go back to the basics. You have a spring training time. And he, he says, even though that we're, we're paid millions of dollars now and that we're, uh, there's grown men and uh, some of these men, 350 pounds of pure muscle, and they're still told to stand there and just to take a step and told, no, you're doing it wrong. Do it again. Stop. You're standing wrong. And they correct the little, little things. Just the small things in their life. Uh, so that if they correct the small things and they get back to the very, very basics and they do those things well and perfect, the other things just fall into place. We're going to get back to the basics here. In Matthew chapter 28, in verse 18 it, it reads, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, 
teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Most gracious and heavenly Father, Lord, you're just so good to us. Lord, I thank you for a free country that we can, uh, we can gather in without fear. Thank you for a beautiful building that you provided for this church. Thank you for the lights being on and the, the clothes that you've given us and these beautiful seats to sit in. Lord, but thank you for your word. I ask that in these next few moments we hear from it. Try to understand what you've asked of us and to be obedient to your word in these very basic times. Lord, I love you. I ask that you speak through me now. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, as I began to travel, my wife and I, we, we had a five-week-old daughter, and our, we began to launch across the country. And we went uh, immediately from California, and we ended up in Tennessee, and, and then we ended up in, uh, going down, and we ended up in Georgia about two weeks after we launched across the country on deputation. And as we, we did this, we ended up in, uh, we were going to stay with a friend in Atlanta that evening, and so we had the day to ourselves in Atlanta. We were broke, we just started on deputation, and, uh, but we had love, that was what we lived on, <laughs> love. And so, but we, uh, we got to go to the Coca-Cola Museum, we, we just sold a car, so we had a little bit of money, and we... We, uh, we were able to go in there, and the Lord allowed me to get in for free. Uh, they don't normally allow veterans in for free, but for that day, the, the lady just decided to give it to me because clearly she knew I was poor. Um, and so from that point, we go into the Coca-Cola Museum, and if you've, ever, if you've never been there and you're ever in the Atlanta area, go to the Coca-Cola Museum. It's unbelievable. The first thing, right when you enter the building, uh, they have you go through a room, and they, they hand you a bottle of Coca-Cola, and they open it up. It's in a glass bottle, and they just hand it to you. And if you've ever had Coca-Cola in a glass bottle, it's just better that way. And so my wife doesn't drink soda, and she was like, no, thank you. And I said, no, 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 you'll take it. <laughs> and so I had two. <laughs> I tried to convince them to give my daughter one, too, but she was five weeks old. They were not going to have that. And so I have two glass bottles of Coca-Cola, and I'm drinking them. And we begin to just be told all the history of Coca-Cola. It was pretty unbelievable, all of the statistics that they had and all of the advertisements and all of the the history that they had about this company, but I quickly realized that all Coca-Cola did was exactly what Jesus Christ asked us to do, but they actually obeyed. They went into all the world and preached Coca-Cola. Listen to how passionate they talk about their own product. Part of the mission of Coca-Cola is to refresh the world in body, in mind, and in spirit, to inspire moments of optimism, to create value and make a real difference. One of their CEOs says, we believe the greater our presence, the greater our responsibility, and the greater our opportunity is to make a real difference. In their corporate review, they wrote, we may be best known for our bottle, but we are passionate about shaping the world one community at a time. We are a local business on a global scale. We envision a world in which we improve lives in every community we touch. Church, I must remind you that we are a local church, but we must be on a global scale. 
Listen to some of the unbelievable statistics of this company. They have over 146,270 employees. They have 2.8 billion vending machines around the world. 2.8 billion. Coca-Cola sells 26.7 billion cases of cola every year. They have partnered with over 275 bottling companies around the world. And the most shocking statistic is 94% of the world knows Coca-Cola by bottle alone. I grew up in America, and I never heard the gospel. Never. I've heard statistics as high as, uh, as good as 50% of the world has never heard the gospel. It's probably a lot higher of a percentage, to be honest. Jesus Christ died 2,000 years ago. Coca-Cola has been around for right over 130 years. See, Jesus Christ said it can be done. It's God's will for it to be done. But Coca-Cola proved it can be done. But we have a great responsibility in this world. They went into all the world and preached Coke. But see, Jesus here, he, he gave us four clear understandings that we must have for reaching this world. First, we see that Jesus gave a task at hand, and it's to spread the gospel. It says, And Jesus came, and he spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. See, at the first point, we must understand that as anybody speaks, it doesn't matter who it is, if one of these children came from the other room, and, and they came in here after the service and said, Hey, the bathrooms are dirty. They need to be cleaned. It could be true, but the odds of one of us listening to them and just going immediately in there and cleaning is very low. Why? Because they don't have any authority over us. See, they don't have, they're just a child. If, if, but if Pastor Keeley came up here and said, hey, uh, can we have some men go clean the men's bathroom and some ladies clean the ladies' bathroom? The bathrooms are dirty. They, they're just a little bit more dirty than normal. We, can we have some help? there'd be no problem. We'd have some help. Why? Because he's the pastor here. He's, he's got a little authority here. He's the under-shepherd. We don't need to question the authority here. This is Jesus Christ. And at this time, Jesus Christ has already, he came down from heaven, lived a perfect life, and then he, he died on the cross, was buried, three days later rose again, then he showed, he showed the piercing on his side. He showed his hands uh, to the people. It's within those 40 days, and he's telling these people, hey, I came and I spake unto you, saying, uh, uh, and, he's, and he's telling these people what to do. See, we don't have to uh, question the authority here. It's Jesus Christ. Remember that. Jesus Christ is the Word of God. If it's in here, we don't need to question the authority. But right here, Jesus uh, is giving them a task at hand, and we don't need to question the authority. He's commanding these men to go. And uh, as I began to read this passage, and I, I began to travel across the country, I wanted to study this passage just more in depth to get an understanding. And I, because uh, I, I felt as a missionary, I better, I better just understand it in depth. 
and I, I began to study it over and over again, read this passage, read this book, uh, read this chapter over and over again. And I quickly realized, yes, it was important that I understand this passage, but it wasn't because I'm a missionary. It's because I'm a Christian. I, I, I must understand this passage because I'm a Christian. See, before I'm a missionary, I'm a Christian. Before, I, I, uh, before I'm an American, I'm a Christian. Before your pastor is your pastor, he's a Christian. We must understand before anything else, we are a Christian. And he told these men what to do because they were Christians and they, they were to make disciples. And at this point, he's, he's telling them what to do and, it, and he's telling them uh, to go. And it's continuing along on their way. It wasn't on your marks, get set, go, but keep going, continue on. So as he's telling these men to continue on, he's giving them a task at hand. And it's to spread the gospel. And he says, go ye therefore and teach all nations. So he's given them a task at hand and it's to spread the gospel. But who do they reach? He said, go uh, ye therefore and teach all nations. So every uh, one of these disciples, their responsibility is to teach all nations. And every one of our responsibilities is to teach all nations. But as we know, we can only be in one place at one time. That's why we have our local church. We need our local church so we can accomplish the Great Commission. To give and to pray and to send through, to plant churches in Ohio, to send missionaries to Japan and to Africa and to reach our military and to, re and to go around uh, this entire world as you've done, been doing through your 60 missionaries right now. We can't do that without our local church. It's given them a target to reach and that starts right here at home. As those children discussed and talked, and uh, was, that was just beautiful. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly, but as they discussed, it, it starts with your neighbor. It starts right here at home. It starts with a lot of us with our families. It starts right here. And as your pastor encourages you guys to go out and to reach your community, go with them. Nothing's going to keep this pastor more encouraged than you going out with him. Nothing's going to bring more joy to your Savior than going out and reaching this world. When we need to reach this community, we got to go reach them. Soul winning, our coworkers, our friends. Look, you know this. Your, your pastor is, is a very in-depth preacher. He, he teaches you this. He leads by example in this area. You, you understand that we must reach all people, but that starts right here. When we start giving more to missions, when we start praying more for missionaries, that does not exempt us here. That doesn't. And look, all of your missionaries, they give to missions because we can't be everywhere. It's a Christian's responsibility. So we must reach all nations, starting right here and around this nation and around this world. So we see we have a task at hand, and it's to spread the gospel, a target to reach, and it's the entire world. But often we have these excuses. And the next thing Jesus Christ says is he says, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. You know, you know that right there, for every one of our excuses, for every question we have, for every struggle we have, we don't have an excuse anymore because he said the next words were baptize them. In this church, we understand. You don't baptize unless they're saved. 
So what is that saying? That if we go and we tell them, people will get saved. People will. Because Jesus Christ right there says they will. He says, because I'm going to then baptize them. We must come to this understanding. It might, it might be a little harder in, in Japan, or it might be a little harder in Africa, or, or uh, the, there maybe have never been a church in that part of Ohio, and they've never heard and they don't understand. Look, there's places in this world, and there's people in this world who might be a little bit more difficult, but all I know is Jesus said to go and you will see people saved. I don't know if it's one to a hundred, one to a thousand, one to ten thousand, but all I know is we are told to go, we are told to tell them, and the next thing he says is baptize them. I, I need my local church to baptize. I, I'm just so grateful for a local church. God's given us the church. Aren't you grateful for it? Look, even on a Monday night, it's good to be in church. So the next thing we must, we must understand is there's a plan to grow. First, to baptize them. When I got saved, I, I, God gave me a desire to be baptized, but I didn't know why yet. The Holy Spirit just, just told me you need to be baptized. And then my pastor explained to me why. And I, became, I got baptized. Look, we have to teach people at the very basics. We, we just have to accept that we're past that now. We're past people just having a basic understanding. It's our responsibility to teach them, maybe not the basics. Baptism. So we teach them that it's in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And then next, teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And that's Jesus Christ and what he has taught them and taught them through the word of God. And see, first we baptize and then we teach them to obey. That's discipleship. You see that none of this falls without the other. We, we, we have to go out and we have to reach all nations. We have to. Then we have to baptize them after. Eh, look, I realize that not every person you see saved is going to get baptized. But it's our responsibility to try as hard as we can to bring those people. Because it's our responsibility. Once you lead somebody to Christ, the greatest influence in their life is you. It doesn't say in this passage right here, uh, go ye into all the world, uh, you know, and he doesn't say then uh, lead them to Christ, bring them so your pastor baptizes them, and then he's, it's his responsibility. It doesn't say that. Then it says for you to teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. It's great because you've already been fed in this church. You've already been taught in this church. Many of us, many of us have been taught for many years. And then... You teach those people. And then your pastor teaches them from this pulpit. The men on staff here teach them from this pulpit. But it's our responsibility. Look, if, if I lead a lady to the Lord, I'm going to give her to my wife. It's her responsibility. Because I, I'm just, I, need to be, I need to be saved. But my greatest influence, the greatest influence in that person's life is me. Because I led them to the Lord. You are the greatest influence in somebody's life, but it's your responsibility to see them saved. It's your responsibility to tell them. It's your responsibility to do. God's given us a great responsibility to tell people 
what somebody told us. Look, I grew up with nothing. I'm not saying any of this for, for pity party. I'm not. I'm just saying God could save anybody and God could use anybody. My, my father got arrested with a meth lab in our garage. My mother, as a child, sold her, when I was a child, sold herself for profit. We never went to church. I didn't know anything about the Bible. But God saves people. Amen. And God calls people and uses people. But somebody had to tell me. Somebody had to send a missionary so my wife could hear. A church had to be send a preacher to plant a church so you could hear. But it's our responsibility now. So to teach them uh, a plan to grow, teach them to uh, all that he has taught us and that's baptizing them and, uh, and teaching them to obey. And then a promise as we go, uh, he, he says, uh, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. And at this point, uh, he, he's, uh, as I said before, he's, he's already uh, died on the cross. He, uh, he was buried. He rose again. He's now speaking to the Christians, and he's, and he's telling them, he's giving them his last charge before he ascends into heaven. And he's, and he's explaining to these men, hey, this is what we need to do. It's so important. And as he's explaining this, he's addressing earlier in the passage that these men are going to be nervous. These men sometimes get scared. Look, uh, I'm going to be honest. I get scared sometimes witnessing. The devil just it gets me. I still have to do it. We still have to do it. Your pastor sometimes, the devil just gets them a little nervous. Gets everybody nervous. Gets everybody a little scared. Tries to convince us they're not interested. I, I, my pastor says that uh, obey every impulse of the Holy Spirit. So if God tells you to witness to somebody, you better witness to that person because I guarantee that they're wanting to hear it. If we just realize that people are going to one of two places here, heaven or hell, this would get a lot more real. Look, if we just obey and we tell people, what's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to tell you they're saved? Okay, maybe they're looking for a church. I know a good one around here. Or they're lost. And you maybe sow a seed in their life. Maybe you're able to tell them all of the gospel. Maybe you're able to lead them to the Lord. But the devil's saying, but you're going to be two minutes late to work. I guarantee if you get fired from your job for leading somebody to the Lord at the gas station, God will give you a better job. Nobody's ever proven it to and never nobody ever said that to me that it was that they've been fired because they led somebody to the Lord and they were two minutes late. But if it happens to you, take it to the bank. Because God's just that good if we just obey. So one of two things they're saved, they're maybe they're looking for a place. We can rejoice when somebody's saved. Or we just obey and we we sow a seed, we water in somebody's life. Maybe we just get to Pull it out. Maybe they just get to get saved right there. But at this time, Jesus is now addressing these men. Hey, and lo, I'm with you always. Because earlier they were saying they, were, they get a little nervous. They get a little scared. That's all of us. But he's saying, fear not. 
Don't be afraid because uh, uh, I'm about to ascend into heaven and I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit that's going to dwell within you and it's going to live within you until you go to heaven. I grew up and, as I said, it was pretty rough, but I had an older brother and we, we, uh, we just uh, we hated each other, honestly. We would fight all the time. It was malicious in our house. Blood and uh, just we'd throw things at each other, chokeholds. It was... It was just violent, very violent. But as soon as we left that house, we had each other's back. Because the whole world was against us. So we felt, and we might try to kill each other in the house, but nobody was allowed to beat each other up, uh, us up outside the house. And I, would, I was the younger brother. I tried to fight a lot of kids in the neighborhood. I was just, it was just, I was just a punk kid, I guess, to be honest. And I just tried to fight the kids. If I didn't win, it wasn't a big deal because my big brother would take care of it. He had my back. I don't want to say this offensively. Please don't take it that way. But you don't need to be afraid here because the Holy Spirit's got your back. Okay? He lives within you. Think about this. The same Holy Spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the grave, in Romans chapter 8 it talks about it, the same Holy Spirit that did that lives within us. It was a rotting corpse in a tomb for three days. Look, I've left a diaper in the car for three days. Not pretty. A rotting corpse is far worse than that. And and the Holy Spirit, he rose Jesus from the grave. And he was a perfect man. And he lives within me. Who am I to be afraid? Who are we to be afraid? God's given us a big responsibility here. He's, he's told us uh, that we have a task at hand. Now we must understand what is our task at hand. It's to spread the gospel. And who do we go to? He said, go to all nations. Reach the people here around this world. Uh, around this nation. Around this world. But then what? People are going to get saved. So now we must show them the plan to grow. Baptize them and then teach them what he has taught us. Disciple them. See, God's called us to be disciples. It's important to understand. But to be a disciple is to make disciples. I'll say that again. To be a disciple is to make disciples. We must do it. And then lastly, he's given us a promise as we go to be with us and empower us to witness He's given us a clear understanding. Back to the basics. Grown men paid millions of dollars and told, take a step forward. You're doing it right. Do it again. You're doing it wrong. Do it again. And they just go back to perfecting the very basics. Taking a step the way they stand. Look, the very basics is right here. The Great Commission. He's given us a big responsibility. But he lives within us. We should not fear. We have a world to reach. Many of us are told a a price that God wants us to give. And it's scary. But if it's God's will, it's God's bill. Don't worry about it. He'll pay it. 
witnessing, telling this world about Jesus is not an option. It's a mandate. He died for us so that we can do this to reach this world. He told us. He saved us. It's the least we can do. Coca-Cola proved it can be done. It's God's will to be done. It's our turn to prove it. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Most gracious and heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for all you do. And Lord, I know it's just a somewhat of an elementary message, but Lord, as, you, uh, as we've said before, it's just a, we have to get back to the basics. We have to understand what our requirement is and what we must do to reach this world. Lord, I know that as I preach this, you gave me a name of somebody that I must tell. And no doubt that you probably told many in this room a name to tell. There's billions of people with names around this world that need to be told. Help us to be obedient and reach those people one soul at a time. Lord, I love you. Be with us now in Jesus' name. Amen. As the piano is going to begin to play.